Welcome to the Nimrod Outdoors podcast, where we challenge and equip men, husbands, and fathers to become the spiritual leaders of the home. Let's dive right in. Well, what's going on, folks? This is M.A. Dozer with another Nimrod Outdoors podcast. And I'm Chelsea. What's up, Chelsea? How are you doing? I'm just living the dream. It's kind of weird calling you Chelsea. You're my wife. I'm calling you by your first name. I got nicknames for you. but Yeah, I haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> so, Well, guys, we are glad that you're with us. Um, and uh, we are glad that you have chosen to join us for another podcast. Uh, but let's get caught up on what's been going on in the world of Nimrod Outdoors uh, here a little bit. Um, yeah. and, and in the family of the Dozers. So, Chelsea, like we've been over the past what almost six weeks been talking about your ankle give us an update on your ankle and how things are moving there well i've progressed out of the boot so that's great yeah um yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's about it and so our youngest uh, daughter joey who's one has started walking so oh she's not walking she's running and climbing um the past two weeks has been an adventure because she i, I literally at one moment our mudroom is right next to the kitchen in uh, our laundry room, mudroom. And I went in there to just, you know, two seconds of putting the wash into the dryer. And I come out and she is on our kitchen counter, just standing there. Like, look at me. I'm like, ah, nope, this ain't happening. <laughs> so uh, she's, she's your physical therapist then. Is <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, 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 good. So what, what else has been going on? Well, uh, we had seven guys from Hendersonville Church come down, um, what, last weekend? Two weekends, Two weekends ago. ago. Man, mm-hmm. where does time go? Um, yeah, and so that was that was really fun. They dove in. They did 24 hours of scripture and fellowship and uh, just discipleship and diving into the Word together. Sure, yeah, it, it was awesome. I got to participate pretty heavily with it. Um, I know it was good for my soul. I know it was good for their soul. Um, but just to uh, be with some brothers... Uh, for literally just a 24-hour period uh, yeah. where uh, we're, we're talking about life, we're opening scripture, we're talking about what God has for us. Um, it's been, it was awesome, and it was awesome to see breakthroughs in each and each individual guy through different conversations and whatever of them, you know, saying, man, like the Holy Spirit just opened my eyes to this. Yeah. Um, and so it's cool. Uh, it, it really is, you know, ironing, sharpen iron. So it was a great great time uh, we love we love the guys at Hendersonville Church we love the leadership at Hendersonville Church mm-hmm. um, and they are very dear and near friends to us um, and so the yeah. fact that uh, on you know multiple times a year they're bringing guys down um, in order to get away get together and get in God's word is pretty yeah and, and we always get to meet I mean there's some familiar faces that come each time and then there's there's always new faces every time and uh, it's just really cool um, how that ADD. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I had my phone. <laughs> but anyways, yes, it's very cool how um, how they get to bring you guys down, and we are cycling through basically their entire men's group at their church, which they have a men's group of about forty guys on a Thursday night, uh, and so it's just they're slowly working through every one of those guys so that they can begin sharpening each other and building, you know. Sh- 
even more intimate relationships with each other and with Jesus. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a pretty special church partnership there, um, and and we have a new church partnership. I mean, I'd call them partners. They um, invited us to come talk at the church. Why well, say us? I don't do any talking. I sit on the pew and cheer you on. Um, <laughs> but I mean, we walked in those doors and just felt loved on and encouraged, and it was just a really cool experience. If you want to share about last weekend at Liberty. Sure. Um, so we got invited to uh, participate in worship and fellowship uh, at Liberty Baptist Church in Carnesville, Georgia. Um, and man, uh, really just met their pastor just a couple weeks earlier um, mm-hmm. at, for a brief moment of time, like talked less than five minutes and then reached out to him. We were able to go to lunch, met with lunch and talked for a couple hours there. But, um, you know, he he reached back out and asked me to come speak about the ministry in Nimrod Outdoors. And, uh, man, that church was incredible. I mean, just yeah. the minute we walked in the door, not just their leadership, but their people were loving on us. Um, yeah. And since then have reached out to us and saying, hey, thank you for being here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was just, it was, I mean, we always hope that we're an encouragement when we go places. But, man, let me tell you what, like, we are so encouraged when we go places and churches act in accordance to what God has called them to be. Yeah. Um, we'd never been in that church before, but they treated us like family because mm-hmm. they knew we were the body of Christ. Um, and it, it really reflects a whole lot on the leadership of that church that he has, uh, Pastor David Sedaris has raised up a congregation that truly loves the Lord and loves people that come through that door that may have never been there before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we walked out that door basically wiped out of our devotionals. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just ordered more and did a little count yesterday, and we are just shy of 500 devotions sold. Wow, that's um, awesome. Which is really exciting. So get us to that 500 mark, guys. <laughs> if you haven't got your devotion, it's it's uh, on our website or on Amazon. There you go. Shameless plug right there. Absolutely. So, well, guys, uh, today what we're going to do is actually share uh, the message I shared at Liberty. Um, and it, it is not a new message. Actually, we shared this back in the very beginning of season one. Um, but it, it's it's a little refreshed because, um, you know, I don't ever say the same thing twice. <laughs> um, but the it is the heart. It is a message on the heart of the ministry. Um, and whenever I go somewhere, I, I don't want to just talk about how we do it or what we do. My heart is to say why we do this. Why is it important for men to spiritually leave their home? And yeah. so um, this is a message uh, that I preached at their church uh, you know, last week. And mm-hmm. we're going to share it with you guys. And we really hope that you enjoy it. Um, and we look forward to being back with you in a couple more weeks to talk about I think we're going to be talking about train up a child in the way they should go yeah when he is old he won't depart from it so <laughs> um, even though we know that we're not perfect we're going to figure out how to talk about that <laughs> so guys we hope you enjoy this podcast yeah um, don't don't forget to share it with others and uh, follow us if you're not following us already so that you know when our next podcast drop and can't wait to talk next time All right, guys, stay humble, stay focused, and keep pressing forward. Hope y'all enjoy. Well, good morning, Liberty. How are y'all? Y'all feeling all right this morning? Y'all look good. Man, y'all didn't respond to that very well. Y'all must not think very highly of yourselves. Hey, uh, so my name's M.A. Dozier, and uh, it is an honor and privilege to be here this morning, Um, and my wife uh, is here as well, and so if you want to know anything about the ministry, no, don't ask me, ask her, because she's the brains, Um, and so uh, we have, we've been married almost 11 years now, we have three kids, 
uh, Ridgely, who is seven, Matthias, who is almost five, and Joey Ruth, who is just over a year old. Um, and again, we are honored and blessed to be here. Uh, I don't know much about your pastor, but what I do know is that he loves the Lord and uh, he loves hunting. And I also know just by talking to him that from his previous work experience that if anything came through this door, whether it be spiritual or physical, he could probably take care of you pretty well. Um, so uh, excited again to be here. Um, and I want to talk to you a little bit today about the ministry of Nimrod Outdoors, and it's the ministry that God has called me and my wife to. Um, and I want to talk to you about that today, but I want to start off by saying, you know, when I started this ministry about nine, this will be our ninth year, nine years ago, I was 26 years old. I didn't, I was newly married, didn't have kids. And so people asked, like, how does a 26-year-old man that don't have kids talk to other men about being spiritual leaders to their own kids? And the truth of the matter is, is I don't have all the answers of being a father, but I do have the answers of being a son that a father raised me according to God's word and raised me in that way. Um, and so I'm privileged and honored to tell you that my mom and dad are here today. Um, and so it is an honor to be able to talk to you. And part of me being able to talk to you and talk about this ministry is because of the legacy that not only my dad, but my grandfather left before me. And so that's what we want to talk about this morning. But uh, so Nimrod Outdoors is a ministry that uses the outdoors as a platform to engage men, husbands, and fathers to become the spiritual leaders of the home. So we do hunting trips, fishing trips, camping trips, and it's all about getting into God's word and, and just really saying, hey, men, what has God called us to be? Um, and so we've been doing that for about nine years. We started up in the mountains of North Carolina, and then just about three and a half years ago, God called us down here. Uh, we actually live in Elbert County, and we have begun the process of starting this and pursuing this on a full-time scale down here. Um, and there's three things I'll tell you, okay? We undoubtedly know that God called us down here, and he's been faithful through it all. But it has not gone any way that I expected it to go, but it has gone exactly how God has expected it to go. And so we are just trying to be faithful in the next step of what God has for us. So let's talk about this, because I, I want to talk about, I told Pastor David, if, if I come and speak, I want to talk about what God's doing in my life. I do. I want to talk about this ministry, but I don't want to talk about how we do it or what we do. I want to talk about why we do it. Why is it important that we do this? Why is it important that we spiritually lead our families as men? And so really that comes down to the purpose of Nimrod Outdoors, again, is to challenge and equip men, husbands, and fathers to become the spiritual leaders of the home. And I want to dive into God's word this morning on why that is important. So deep in our souls... Every single one of us in here asks this question, does my father love me? This is a question we may not adamantly admit, but we ask it deep in our souls. Does my father love me? See, who we are and who we have become is a direct connection to the relationships we have with our earthly father, and that relationship we have with our earthly father creates the lens in which we view our heavenly father in. See, statistically, if a father is to give his life first in the home, there's a 93% chance the rest of the family will follow in suit. God has uniquely crafted men, husbands, and fathers to be the greatest influencers in the lives of their children, and even the secular world will admit that, that the large majority of societal woes we have is because of lack of fathers in the home. So as men, we were created to provide and protect, but somehow along the way, we have become stagnant, complacent, and silent in the spiritual realms. And because of this, we are seeing one of the largest breakaways from the church our nation has ever seen. 
There's a 2019 survey by the Barner Group that stated that only, only 25% of millennials regularly attend a religious service. Now I want you to hear that. Only 25%, and it doesn't even say evangelical. It just says religious service. So the actual percentage of those being Christ-centered, Bible-believing is way fewer. See, now I'm a millennial, and now I have three kids. So what will that statistic read in another 10 to 20 years if we don't start addressing the problem now? For decades, we have seen the decline of society, and we have made excuses to try and cast blame on why society is falling further and further from God. We blame school systems. We blame political parties. We love to blame the younger generations. But in reality, we, the men of the church, are the ones to blame because we are tasked with the responsibility of spiritually leading our children. There's an ancient proverb that says this, if a candle maker is to make a candle, but he does not add the wick to the center, and therefore the candle cannot do its job of illuminating the darkness, who is to blame, the candle or the candle maker? Men, we have sat behind the gates of heaven and shook our heads at the world and gasped in unbelief as society continues to fall further and further into chaos. But the problem is God never called us to stand behind the gate and to be silent. He commands us to be spiritually lead our families, to raise them to be world changers for the kingdom of Christ, and to go into the darkness with the light of Jesus to rescue souls out of, out of the abyss. But we have become complacent in our responsibilities. So where is the problem? The problem lies in the fact that we, the men of the church, have become silent and stagnant in training up our children in the spiritual realms. Men, we are called to be warriors. Scripture is clear. 1 Corinthians 6, 16, 13 says, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Luke 12, 35 says, Stay dressed for action, keep your lamps burning. 1 Peter 1, 13 says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be alert and sober-minded, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, America saw great revival in the 50s. Churches were exploding. People were getting saved. Things were great. And the church participation of the American populace was at about 78%. Now, it stayed flatlined there till about the year 2000. And in the last 20 years, we've seen more than a 50% decline in church attendance. This tells me we got complacent. This tells me we were just happy with the status quo. This tells me we made church a club that we attend rather than an army that pushes back the darkness and searches for the lost. We allowed the devil to deceive us. We quit standing firm. We quit standing watchful. We quit being alert, and we quit spiritually leading our children. And we quit living out the Great Commission. See, the last command Jesus gave us before he ascended to heaven was go therefore and make disciples. So what is a disciple? A disciple is one who submits to the authority and leadership of Jesus Christ in their life and then continues the process of making more disciples. Church, the truth is, just telling someone about Jesus does not make disciples. Just inviting someone to church does not make disciples. Making passive-aggressive posts on Facebook or on social media platforms does not make disciples. Voting certain political affiliations in the office does not, will not, and never will make disciples. 
Church, it absolutely breaks my heart that in the last presidential election, the large majority of the evangelical church made it abundantly clear that we were more focused on who won the election rather than on the souls of the lost that we were called to go after. To quote a pastor I love, Pastor Joby Martin, he said, we are not called to bow our knee to the donkey or to the elephant. We are called to surrender to the lion that was slain like a lamb to redeem his people. So how do we make disciples? We make disciples by daily pouring the truth of the gospel into their life until they submit to the authority of Jesus Christ, and then we continue to walk with them through this life of following after Jesus. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, But you will receive my power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now look, our culture is busy. We're all busy, right? And adding one more thing to our plate, man, just overwhelms us. We're like, man, we can't do that. But what if I told you you could deliver the gospel to the ends of the earth inside your own homes? You don't believe me? Look, I volunteered in youth ministry for over 15 years. Raise your hand if you've raised or currently raising a middle school boy. Okay, look at them all, all right? Have you ever tried to go into your middle school boy's room and you can't open the door because there's so much junk on the floor and so you're like shoving the door open? You finally get it open, you get in there and on the nightstand is a cup of something that's been there for way too long and is growing stuff and it may cure cancer, we don't know. Folks, that's the ends of the earth. How many of y'all have uh, teenage daughters or raised a teenage daughter? Have you ever tried to reason with a teenage girl? That's extraterrestrial. You can deliver the gospel outside of this world. How quickly we forget that the best place we can make disciples is in our own homes, around the tables with the people we call family. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4, God lays out his plan for us as men, husbands, and fathers and how we are supposed to spiritually lead our kids. This is not a recommendation from God. This is not a suggestion from God. This is a command from the God Almighty. And he says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today shall be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the way, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. See, what God is laying out here is not a systematic routine of devotions or theological exposition. He is saying that it should be the fiber of who we are. It should be an every waking moment lifestyle. The problem the church has today is that we have slowly faded into the mindset that it, church is something we do rather than who we are. Our society has evolved into the school of thought that there is always someone more qualified to raise our children. The teacher is more qualified to educate. The coach is more qualified to instruct. The youth pastor or Sunday school teacher is more qualified to spiritually lead my children. The problem with that is it goes in direct opposition to God's word. Look, Sunday school teachers, youth pastors, teachers, coaches, if y'all are in here, y'all are phenomenal helpmates. And we need to surround our kids with people that love them immensely. But one day we will all stand before the throne of the Almighty and the job of raising our kids spiritually lies solely on us as men, husbands, and fathers. Now, ladies, 
don't tune me out, okay? I know I'm kind of hitting on the guys, but don't tune me out because God has uniquely crafted you to walk beside your man in love and raise your children with passion and warmth. You have no idea the amount of influence you have in your man's life to push him toward Christ on a daily basis. I know in my own life, my wife daily pushes me into Christ. She makes me a better man in pushing me to love God more. Now, you may be sitting here listening to me today, and you may be a single man, or maybe you're married, but you don't have kids. I'm not letting you off the hook either. Do you not know that 43% of kids in America grow up without a father in the home? They need godly mentorship. Get involved in the schools. Get involved in youth sports. Get involved in youth programs. Go make a difference for the kingdom of Christ. Senior adult men that are here today, you have no idea the amount of wisdom and discernment you possess to pour into the younger generation. Just because your kids are out of the house and they're gone does not mean you are done spiritually leading them. See, God did not just pursue us to the point of the cross and then say, okay, I'm going to leave you here. I'll see you when you get here. No, he daily pushes into us. He daily pursues us. He daily molds us. Should we not do the same for our own kids no matter how old they get? So how do we start being intentional with the spiritual growth of our children? See, I was recently having a conversation with a good buddy of mine about the struggles of trying to do devotions with your children. And maybe y'all can relate because it just takes one minor misstep and the whole thing derails, right? Look, I think planned devotions are good. I think planning and diving into God's word is good. But I would argue to say that the lives we live in front of our children has way more impact than the words we speak to them in a lecture-type setting. Now, I want to share a story with you from Nimrod Outdoors from a couple of years ago to kind of bring home this point. And if you go out back to where the table is, you'll see a big picture. And in that picture is Isaac and Dylan. And this is a story of Isaac and Dylan. And so several years ago, we were promoting a father-son deer hunt. And uh, I get a phone call, and it's Isaac. And he calls me, and he says, hey, M.A., I see your father-son deer hunt. I want to sign up for that. He said, but here's the deal. I don't have a son, but I have a 14-year-old brother-in-law that his dad has never been a part of his life, and I just want to love on him and give him a great weekend. And I said, Isaac, I said, that is phenomenal, man. Bring him along. And so on every weekend we do, we dive into God's Word and we do devotions. And on this particular weekend, I was talking about being intentional with the small moments of time you have with your kids to impart biblical wisdom and truth into their lives. And so we did that at lunch. That evening, we put them out in the deer woods, and uh, we came back for dinner. And after dinner, Isaac pulled me aside from the rest of the group, and he said, hey, he said, hey, man, I, want to, I want to talk to you about something. I said, okay. So we walk out on the back porch, and he said, I want to tell you about a conversation I had with Dylan in the deer stand. I said, okay. He said, man, your devotion on being intentional with small moments of time was eating at me. And he said, there's no better time to have a great conversation than in a deer stand when nobody else is around and you're in nature and it's quiet, he said, it's a perfect time. He said, but I was nervous. He said, my hands started getting sweaty. He said, but I finally mustered up the courage. And he said, I said this to Dylan. He said, Dylan, I know you struggle because your dad has never been a part of your life. And you wonder if anybody actually loves you and you deal with abandonment issues. He said, but I want to tell you something. He said, I love you. He said, but more importantly, you have a heavenly father that loves you. And he said that he said that G he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to die for you. And scripture says that he will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. And I get chill bumps every time. And I was like, Isaac, that is phenomenal, man. 
I was like, that's phenomenal. I said, what did Dylan say? He goes, Dylan didn't say anything. He said, Dylan just stared off in the woods in silence. And I said, what'd you do? He goes, man, it got real awkward real quick. And he said, I just put my arm around him, and we just sat quietly until it got dark, and he came and picked us up. And I said, Isaac, man, I said, I know it's probably not the response you wanted, but you were faithful. And I believe that we serve a faithful God. Now, here's the fact of the matter. We don't always get the picture of how faithful God is all the time because it's not our job to know. But the beauty is is sometimes he gives us little snippets of how good he is, right? And about a month later, I get a call from Isaac. And I said, Isaac, what's going on? He said, Amen, you will not believe it. He said, last night, Dylan came to me and said, Isaac, I've been thinking about that conversation we had in the deer stand, and I want to know about my heavenly father, and I want to know about this man named Jesus. And Isaac got to pray with Dylan to submit his life to the authority of Jesus Christ. You see, sometimes a greater impact is made with a two-minute intentional conversation rather than a lifetime of routine, rigid, planned-out lessons. And how we live our lives in front of our children and the authenticity of our faith is a powerful tool. The truth is, is if we do not spiritually lead our kids, the world is waiting with arms wide open, ready to do it for us. So where is our focus? The average American household spends 77.4 hours a week providing for their families in the physical realms. How long and how much time are we spending providing for them in the spiritual realms? My greatest fear as a husband and as a father is found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21, and Jesus himself is speaking here. And Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not perform miracles in your name? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. My greatest fear as a, as a husband and a father, is that one day my wife and kids will hear, away from me, for, my, for I never knew you, because they had a husband and father that may have told them about Jesus, but I never showed them how to follow him and do his will. The scripture always gut punches me because Jesus is not talking about non-believers here. He's talking about people that think they were saved. I mean, listen to what they were doing. They were casting out demons. They were prophesying in his name. They were doing mighty works in his name but they were not doing the will of the Father. These people that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 7 were met with the harsh reality that their entire life was a living facade. Their faith was just a badge of accomplishment rather than a calling that drove their life. And Jesus confronts this head on again in Matthew chapter 23, verses 27 through 28, and he says this, you hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourselves to see that your faith is genuine. Test yourselves to surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Look, church, we need to examine our lives, and we need to be faithful in examining the lives and the hearts of our children. We are not merely tasked with telling them about Jesus. We are tasked with telling them and helping them and directing their lives to follow God and do what he asks and do his will. 
See, I recently had another conversation with a good buddy of mine. He's actually on the board of directors for Nimrod Outdoors. And he had a son that dropped out of NC State University and walked away from a prestigious PGA golf scholarship in order to enter the, the mission field in Africa. And I asked my buddy, I said, Mark, I said, how do you feel about this, man? Because he had a lot of money invested in this kid being in school. And Mark took a deep breath and he looked at me and he said this, M.A., I've had to, come to the grip, had to come to grips with the fact that my son Jordan is safer in the will of the Lord in Africa than he could ever be back home with us. Parents, are we challenging and pushing our kids to follow the will of the Lord wherever he may lead, or are we setting them up to hear, away from me, for I never knew you, because we have a societal or a parental expectation that does not match God's will for their life? Look, I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm not telling your kids to quit school, but I am asking you to ask this question. Lord, what is your will for my life? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever opened your life to the true calling of Christ? See, what if our kids actually saw us living for Christ instead of just talking about him? One thing I love is when churches allow their youth to get involved with the inner workings of ministry. Young person, middle school or high school, young adult, hear me clearly. You may have been told that you are the future of the church. I'm here to tell you that's a lie. Because if Jesus is in your heart here and now, you are the church. And you have unimaginable power to go make a difference for the kingdom of Christ right here, right now. Some of you may grow up to be doctors and lawyers. Some of you may grow up to be blue-collar plumbers and electricians. Some of you may run for federal politics or run for mayor. Those are all great things. But how are you going to use those careers and leverage them for the forward movement of the gospel of Christ? See, I love seeing youth greet people. I love seeing youth on stage or in the sound booth. There's nothing that excites me more than when I drop off my kids at a church and there's a young person there saying, I'm here to serve and love your kids for the glory of God. Are we helping our kids and are we raising our kids so that they know that they have a purpose and that God has created them and designed them with a purpose? And are we helping them to walk in that purpose to make an impact for the kingdom? Or are we just conditioning them to come sit in a room in a chair for a couple hours a week? See, Jesus is clear. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who do the will of my Father. See, God's will is that we go and make disciples. Are we doing this? Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This word train is an action word. So if my daughter Ridgely, who's seven, said, Hey, Daddy, I want to come run, I want to run a marathon. How foolish would it be as her father and as her leader to say, okay, great, sit on the couch, here's YouTube, just, just watch a bunch of things of running marathons. How foolish would it be if I found someone that actually ran marathons and I just sat her at a table and I said, hey, just listen to this person talk to you about running marathons. That would be useless in her marathon that she wants to run. Eventually, she would have to lace up the shoes and start pounding pavement. And as her father, it would be my job to be beside her, encouraging her, instructing her, and pushing her to get everything she could out of her daily lessons. Should we not be doing the same in the spiritual lives of our children? As a kid, I used to race quarter midgets. They're kind of like go-kart type things. And on the hood of my car, my dad put 1 Corinthians 9.24. Do you not realize that in a race, everyone runs? but only one person gets the prize. So race to win. 
Looking at the state of the church today, it seems like we're just satisfied in finishing the race, much less, much less winning the race. And in the words of Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. Folks, let me tell you a secret. It's really not a secret, but I like to call it a secret. On Judgment Day, there will be no participation trophies. There will be saved and there will be unsaved. And I want to make sure I'm on the winning side and I want to make sure my kids are warriors for the kingdom of Christ. And I want them to be radical in the spreading of the gospel. And I want them to do the will of the Father at all costs. See, I want to provide my kids all the opportunities this life has to offer. I want them to have great livelihoods. But what good is it if they live a good life here on earth that they'll spend eternity in hell because I was too focused on the material rather than the spiritual? Mark 8.36 says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? See, our heart at the ministry of Nimrod Outdoors is to ignite a spark in your soul that will create a wildfire for the forward movement of the gospel through your family for generations and generations, and Scripture says to a thousand generations. Psalms 127, 3-5 says, Our kids are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. See, when it is my time to release my kids in this world, it is my responsibility to make sure they fly straight and they are led by the razor-sharp truth of God's Word to make the greatest impact they can in this world for the kingdom of Christ. But that takes me as the spiritual leader to be intentional to follow after Christ in my own life and make that visible to my kids. Listen, there are no perfect parents. Ladies, unfortunately, there are no perfect men, husbands, and fathers either. I, I fail daily at being a husband and a father. But the amazing truth of the gospel is that it says that if we have surrendered our life to the authority of Christ, he intercedes for us. What does that mean that he intercedes for us? That means that every time I mess up, every time I fail, every time I'm a bad husband or a bad father, and God wants God's holiness and perf perfectness wants to put me in the ground for my sin, Jesus is standing there saying, no, 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 I've paid for that. That's covered in full. He is mine. So you may be sitting here this morning, and you may say, hey, I know this man named Jesus, and I hope that you do. But here's an extremely hard and challenging question for us today, church. Would Jesus say that he knows you? Have you surrendered to the authority and leadership of Jesus Christ? And are you willing to follow him wherever he may lead? So I'm going to begin closing. Ladies, if y'all want to come up and y'all can start doing things that I am not capable of doing. God gifts us all in different ways. I'm going to begin closing with this. You know, we talk about revival. I hear it all the time. I hear it in all the churches. Man, we just need revival. We need revival. We need revival in our churches. We need revival in our nation. We talk about it, but are we willing to do the work to make it reality? How can we expect revival in our nation if we are neglecting to create revival inside our own homes? There's a quote by C.S. Lewis that I absolutely love. And C.S. Lewis, if you don't know who he is, he wrote, he wrote the books, the Narnia books. And he said this. He said, when I die, I hope all of hell rejoices that I'm out of the fight. I want you to think about that for a minute. Think about being such a formidable force for the kingdom of Christ that hell itself rejoices you can no longer fight against them. I want to add a line to that, though. 
I wanted to say this. When I die, I hope that all of hell rejoices that I'm out of the fight and then the cheers of the demons are silenced because of the generations coming after me are preparing for war. See, I want to run to win and I want my Father in heaven to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, and I want my kids to do the same. As a man, husband, and father, maybe you're here today and you're not leading the way God has called you to. Today is the day you can start branching your family tree in the direction of Christ. So if you'll bow your heads, we're going to go into a time of invitation and prayer. Men, listen to me. Today you can start branching your tree in the direction of Christ that impacts generations after generations. And men, we have to understand that the decisions we make today will impact people and generations that we never meet. My grandfather made a decision before I was born, decades before I was born, and he decided to raise his family in a manner, and my dad picked up that helm and he's given it to me, and now I'm passing it to my kids. And I can't wait for one day for my granddad's great, 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 great grandkids to be able to go up in heaven and give him a hug and say, thank you for spiritually leading my family. Today, maybe you're a wife and you want to make a commitment to walk beside your man and love him and encourage him and give him, push him toward God and push him to be called the spiritual leader. And maybe you're here today and you're a single mom and you're struggling. Scripture says that as the church, we are supposed to be a light on the hill, a city on a hill, a light in the darkness. We are supposed to come around you and love you, support you, and walk you through this journey. I pray that you allow the church the opportunity to do that. I pray the church takes that helm seriously. And maybe you're here today, and you're sitting here, and you're like, you know what? I don't know this man named Jesus. But something in your heart is stirring Hey, come see me. Come see Pastor David. Come see some of your deacons. Come see someone that is a believer and tell them, I want to know about this man named Jesus. I guarantee you every single one of them would love to tell you about a man that went on a cross and died for you. And he, they want to tell you that he loves you and that he will never leave you and nor will he forsake you. So Lord, what an awesome opportunity this morning. Thank you for allowing us to hear from your word. But Lord, my prayer this morning is simple. Lord, may we surrender to your authority. May we do your will. And may we raise our kids to do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you would like to learn more about the ministry of Nimrod Outdoors, find us on Facebook or look us up at nimrodoutdoors.com. We hope you have a great day and we hope to see you next time.